Because that communist in charge, will you please turn the radio off and get something decent? The following program has some rather nasty overtones. I suggest you uh, get to a safe place and pull the thing over your head there before it's too late. Too late. Oh, I have here before me a letter from one of my spies, a kid that's going to a summer camp up in Vermont, and he says, Shepard, you ready for this? He says, oh, no, no, turn up your radio. This is a serious report from one of our spies. He says, Shepard, I am going to this, this miserable summer camp up here in Vermont where we're eating chipped beef and sitting around and doing leather craft. And two of the other kids in this camp are the kids of Abby Hoffman, the famous uh, Abby Hoffman Hoffman. He says, Shep, you wouldn't believe it. This Abby Hoffman arrives the other day to visit his kids, you guessed it, driving in a white El Dorado Cadillac. Some establishment fighter this clown is. So tonight, this great radio station over here. Oh, 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 keep behind me. I'll just give you this great radio station as part of its vast public service programming. Keep it up there now. Come on, come on. Would like to take this opportunity to salute Woodspot in all of its forms and variations. And tonight, we salute one of the major artists in the field, Woodspot, in our time. Yes, once in a generation, not a great artist arrives who knows how to deal with his medium, who treats it as if it was an extension of his soul. And tonight, working in the field, we announce that tonight's prize winner is Abby Hoffman. Hi-yo! It's getting out of hand again for crying out loud. We're already lost control there. Just terrible. Speaking of losing control, uh, for those of you who uh, would like to keep abreast of what's happening, <laughs> if I may use such an expression there, <laughs> did you read about the stripper that's, uh, that's uh, suing the plastic surgeon where she had an operation on her, how shall I put it, her uh, superstructure? And that she's suing him now. She says that he uh, he's killed her earning power because he made them two different sizes. And it's causing a lot of confusion. All right, uh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold it there, hold it there. That crowd keeps marching through the studio here. Yeah, well, uh, I, I didn't invent the news. I'm just reporting it. This is the other side of the news. You know, from Lyle Van, he comes out to the human side. Well, we're getting the other side. There's another side to it, Lyle Van. You listen, man. And uh, speaking of... Uh, the other side. Uh, do you recall the other night we did a thing about that burgeoning new art form? The broadside? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Oh, you've got a rotten mind tonight. The handbill. Is that better? Sick people out there. Anyway, you know, you, you can't walk through the streets of Manhattan today without getting... If you walk seven blocks, you're going to have at least 13, 14, maybe 200 handbills handed to you. Each one promising the millennia. Well... Are you ready for the newest one? This is the first time, and, and it opens a whole new era of hand-billery. 
A broadside. This is a true broadside, by the way. Yeah, I'm walking along 34th Street over there on 8th Avenue today, you know, amid this great burgeoning throng. Uh, yeah, all the ladies, you know, you could just see the, the look in the eye. It was another vast white sail going on at Macy's, and they were, you know, they were having the white sail shakes. Oh, man, it was wild. And uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of this crowd. See, it's August. Oh, it's hot and steamy. And here's this guy handing out handbills left to the right, see? Well, usually I, I uh, try to avoid the eye of a handbill hander. But this guy, he spotted me immediately, see, and he pressed it on me. And I took one look at it, and it's a handbill. Well, I don't know exactly how to tell you this, friends. It's a handbill for what used to be euphemistically called a house of uh, ill fame. And it says, every tense, overworked executive has the inalienable right to relax, loosen up, free yourself of pressures, leave your worries at our doorstep. Yes, regenerate with a new dimension in fun. Be pampered, be pleased as never before. Attractive, amazingly, amazingly compliant girls to please you with... Oh, wow. It says, we honor all major credit cards. gift for the first 50 patrons. God knows what it is. I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray for Abby, Abby, Abby Hoffman. Hooray, hooray, hooray for Abby Hoffman. All together we go. (laughs) All together off we go with the load of Go, go, fucks, fucks, that's what it's all about. D-E-A-U. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Let's see. Phew. That's uh, exciting. It certainly was. Now, I have this here. I'm putting this in my vast uh, file of trivia so that in the year 5,225, when they dig up my file cabinet, they'll know what it was like. <laughs> We're making Pompeii look like a Girl Scout camp. Oh, uh, yes, speaking of that, uh, you know, there's, there's no question about it, but whether America's now in the uh, grip of an unbelievable sex hang-up. Oh, it's fantastic. You can't do anything. You know. Oh, yeah, you get the, you go going, every, everywhere you look, you know, it's a whole scene. You know, you can buy uh, sexual birthday cakes now, believe it or not. Well, they're made in erotic shapes of one kind or another, I of them, you know, with candles on the top and all that kind of stuff. It's very, a lot of fun. And, uh, oh, yes, indeed. And, uh, but for, you, you know that for, uh, for a long time now, you've been able to dial a prayer, you know? You can dial a poem. Oh, boy. Have you dialed any of them? Oh, I got a clinker the other night. I, I'll tell you, it was the worst poem I ever read. That was terrible. I, uh, it was the kind of poem my Aunt Min used to write, you know, that kind of stuff for the PTA. However, uh, you now can dial, of course, it has to happen in New York where, you know, sex is a major thing. It, it has to happen. Now you can, you can dial a sex question. You, you call this number day and night, and you call them up, see, and if you got some question, I mean, like you're having a bad scene, see, you're on the front porch, you've just had this fist fight with this chick, see, and you know you've done something wrong, and you say, oh, wait in here, wait in here, baby. You're running, you dial a number, and you say, hey, listen, now. Uh, Listen, this chick just hit me in the mouth with my howdy doody lamp. Yeah. Well, what do you do? And what am I supposed to do? For crying out loud, how long is it going to go? What do you do? How do you handle a chick like that, huh? (laughs) 
call it all night. You think I'm kidding? If you're curious, here's the number to call, and uh, I'm just giving it to you. I've taken this right out of the official literature, so don't come and blame me if you call it up and somebody named Marie answers. I'm just giving you the... <laughs> all right, if you'd like, you have to call New York. It's area code 212, and the number is 867-9044. Yes, it's right there. That's official. Comes right out of Time magazine. And if time says it, it's got to be true, right, friends? Mm. Ain't no way to beat time, right? That's the enemy of us all. They wouldn't like to hear me say that, but time is the great thief. You want the number again? Oh, I can see a whole... Oh, I didn't have my pencil. Oh. Forget it. I ain't going to give it to you. You blew it again. Hey, have you noticed a new uh, trend in commercials? Speaking of sex... We like to keep you uh, uh, abreast of this. Have you noticed that the commercials have now discovered truth, beauty, and unfettered youth, and uh, and the uh, countryside of, of beauty and, uh, you know, the whole thing, running with your hair, uh, flowing in the wind, you know. You've seen that thing. Oh, some of these commercials, I'll tell you. There's one that really bugs me. Yeah, there's a soft drink that now has related itself to truth, beauty, and peace in the world. They open up, you know, that shows this beautiful, obviously uh, a starry-eyed, idealistic youth-type girl on a hillside somewhere in Italy, and she sings. Have you seen that one? <laughs> she sings, It's the real digger. Yes, yes, it's the real thing. Oh, oh. And then it draws back, and you see thousands of young, idealistic youths all holding their bottle of, uh, well, you know, uh, whoopiola. You know, and they're holding it up, and they sing, Oh, I'd love to give the earth a whoopiola, and I'd sit back and drink it with them. <laughs> yes, serene. Peace through bottle caps. <laughs> that, oh, that commercial. I don't know. Then there's another one. Did you hear? Did you see the... the uh, uh, they've also discovered honesty, sincerity. You know, I'm talking about the the uh, the kind of honesty and sweaty sincerity that folk singers sing about all the time. So they're 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 plugged into the mother truth, you know. And there's one that opens up on a hillside that I kind of like. This one. Well, watch for this one. It's one of my favorite 59 second gut buster comedies. Right? Opens up on a beautiful hillside. <sighs> Wind is blowing. You see the trees. And it's obviously in some beautiful place where no longer do they have such things as uh, pollution and all that jazz when youthful, beautiful, idealistic young people have finally cleaned up the earth and made it the great Eden that it was all designed to be and all the other generations lost it up. Man, what a sense of power the other generations have got. Just think. I belong to the generation that, that uh, invented war, that uh, polluted the earth, that uh, invented... Oh, it's, what a sense of power. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Mephistopheles. But uh, nevertheless, uh, here's this beautiful scene. The wind is blowing. And then you see this girl. She's seated on the hillside in this uh, kind of... Uh, you see, many commercials today have been infected by the love story syndrome. You know, kind of a halo around their head. And the sweet, beautiful truth and love. And she starts to sing. She plucks her guitar. She sings thusly. She sings, Oh, the time, the time is now. Oh, the new world is here. 
The new world abused thee, and it's a new time now. It's the unscented, airy time. The unscented, airy time. The new And so tonight we salute that unnamed ad agency, which is captain of the mother Lord, which is dealing with the very navel of Buddha himself, tranquility, beauty, truth, and a contemplative man, and who realizes that the time is now. And what time are we living in now? Is it the 20th century? Is it the time of strength and turmoil? The day of Hitler? The day of Attila the Hun? No, it's unscented air. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Would you please give me my station break, please? Somebody stop me. We'd like to salute uh, Caroline Barry, a co-ed in Falmouth, Mass. Finally, she brought a, a record which has eluded America for years. Would you please get me my sports note there? Get, uh, Lee, please, uh, would you tell that gentleman I'll have the yellow one? Please give me El Capitan. It's time now for our weekly report on sports. Great sportsmen, once again, rise to the, to the challenge. All right, all set in there? No? Well, either am I. It's all right. All right, all set? Right, right, right. Good evening, sports fans. This is Spike McBullet reporting to you with all the anger, all the thrill, and all the excitement of human competition. It's Sports Time on the Air, produced by Rune Arledge. Tonight, we salute another sports hero, an American athlete. Another great champion saluted tonight in the world of sports. And tonight, we salute Caroline Berry, a co-ed in Falmouth, Massachusetts, who has set the new rocking chair, rocking record of the world. She started on a Friday afternoon with a few fellow co-eds in the college parking lot and rocked until her father said, that's enough, and put his foot down. She stopped at 8.30 a few mornings later and made her mark at 144 hours, 44 minutes. The previous record was 122 hours, 25 minutes, set in England. So tonight, it is only fitting to salute Carolyn Barry for bringing this great record back to the United States and the Stars and Stripes. And that is tonight's sports hero. This is Spike McBullock, reporting from our sports headquarters here at Sports Central. Produced by Goon Arledge and brought to you every week at the same time. Remember, sport fans, it's not how you play the game, it's whether you win or not. Stay tuned for Phil Rizzuto and Dugout Tinkles.
which follows in just a moment. Hold it there, hold it there, hold it there. You can see I'm never going to get on the Johnny Carson show like this. Hey, do you have a commercial in there? Oh, I knew we got some dough coming in. Palisades has a ride. Palisades has a fun. fun. So come on, come on over. Show some dancing or free. Show the parking so cheap. Come on, come on over. Palisades from coast to coast. Look, here comes my favorite nose. All together, okay, let's have a shot. Ride the coaster, get cool in the waves in the pool. Yeah, Palisades Amusement Parkies. Free parking over there, you can just go over there and park for a month. Right up and down in that thing, get your guts homogenized. Palisades, Palisades, I can't get a thing. Come a little beer, how about a little beer? I miss DiCarlo a lot. I really do. I, I uh, you know, it was so great late at night. They'd show long, you know, long, beautiful vistas of those Jersey swamps. And, uh, they <laughs> and uh, I'll award you a brass figgy out there, a Franz Oakleaf palm, if anybody can call me up and tell me what all those people would say when the camera picked them up. You remember the girl with the golf club? She looked like she was swatting at bugs. She didn't look like she was hitting a golf ball. You remember that one? And uh, you remember the guy that was running the lawnmower out there? You know, they had the shirt on that says WMCA good guy on it. You know, the real thinking type. Uh, do, do any of you... Uh, come on, I'll award you a brass figure if you can tell me what their slogan was. Now, why do I remember this kind of stuff? I miss that crowd. I do. I mean, uh, I mean, to anybody who who watches late late TV, you know, these these are the little moments of joy that you get in the middle of a murky Steve Reeves picture that was photographed underwater with the original Yugoslavian soundtrack removed. That's been dubbed into what sounds like Brooklynese. My father, the king. Who said that famous? Yonder is the castle of my father, the king. Who is the, who who said that famous immortal line? while wearing a cardboard buskin, sitting on top of an MGM horse. Who was it who said that? <laughs> Come on, anybody tell me. Come on, I'm waiting. I'm a while. I don't want to be the only uh, true American here. Yes, of course you know, dear. You're, all, all present company is always accepted from these things. No, sir. No, I just want to know. Does anybody else miss the, the Carlo Lotz commercials? <laughs> I wonder if anybody bought it. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if they're out there in the woods now. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. if they, Does he remember what they said? Well, uh, you, you're sure. Now, you tested him. All right. Hello, sir? Yes, is this the one? Uh, yes. Would you please tell me what they always said on the DiCarlo Lotz commercial? Yeah, they all shouted, enjoy life. Yes. Let's hear you say how they said it. Enjoy life. Yeah. And it would be a quick shot of Jersey Swamps, right? 
sink in the quicksand. <laughs> now, I didn't say that. Yeah, Palisades is the place where the fun is. Let it be. Come on, come on over. Let the tea, 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 tea. Uh, do you mind if I salute? Uh, would you please get me my uh, my big heavy salute music on there again? We got to salute another. One. And tonight, this radio station takes pleasure in saluting citizen action above and beyond the call of duty. Another small man makes a vast movement for freedom. Tonight, we salute retired military policeman in Gillingham, England, Arthur Higgs, 71. He could stand it no longer. Arthur Higgs, retired military police sergeant, dashed into neighbor David McGregor's house, wielding a sledgehammer and brought it down with all of his might on McGregor's stereo record player. Tonight we quote Arthur Higgs. I suppose a lot of people would like to do what I've done. Higgs said, we don't mind a bit of good music, but all this yah, 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 yah stuff drives you mad. Mad, I say. Now, wait a minute. You've got to think about that scene now. I want you to imagine the scene in all of its glory. Can you imagine the guy sitting there with this slack, mindless look that all rock fans have, you know, <laughs> when it's going, see? And all of a sudden, the door slams open, and there stands in his BVDs, Arthur Higgs, 71, ex-Master <laughs> ex Sergeant in the British Military Police. And he said, get out of the way of that record player, that damn record player! Record player! Boom, 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 boom! <laughs> yeah, burn your tape deck right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not... Oh, yeah, another one of my favorite commercials. The commercials are getting groovier all the time. It's this real tough-looking chick that comes on and pushes all the men around. You know the one who says, You cut off, just cut off one inch of his of his beautiful hair, and I'll melt your scissors. Oh, I like it long. I like it long. Yeah, I like it long. Oh, I'd love to date that chick. Imagine sitting in the parking lot at McDonald's with that one, trying to talk over something sensibly. I tell you, man, you better know your karate. I like it long. Hey, listen, California's been hit by a plague of butterflies. Well, of course, anybody who's walked around the Sunset Strip at late at night knows there have been butterflies walking around that strip for a long time, whooping and hollering. But uh, this, is another <laughs> this is another kind. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were talking about what's been happening. We, we want to keep you, keep you abreast of the... Uh, of the uh, now, look, I'm not talking about that stripper again. Now, cut it out. We want to keep you, keep you in tune with uh, what's been happening uh, with, uh, you know, in the bug world. I mean, the invasion has begun. It really has. You won't hear this kind of stuff on... No, it, it, won't, it won't be heard on Johnny Carson's show for another six, seven months, maybe a year. Two little skinny guys, you know. What you always wanted to know about bugs and was afraid to ask. That book will be published. No, will appear, you know, a little skinny. 
and it'll be made into a Woody Allen movie. Mount Shasta, California. Swarms of butterflies flitted across southeast Siskiyou County Thursday in California. Jillions of them, said Police Chief Jack Gillespie. You couldn't see out the front of your car. They're just jillions of them all over every place. Clouds of butterflies swept across the forest countryside from Weed to, to Mount Shasta and from Dunsmore to McLeod. This great mass movement of butterflies has been going on for several days. California Highway Patrol Lieutenant William Curry said his men had returned to the station with the insects, quote, clogging the cores of their radiators. They just had to stop, pull up. Millions of butterflies. I don't know where the hell they're coming from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. That's enough. I don't want to bother you there too much. I know it's not easy. And, you know, being a human being, it's really tough. Really tough. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. It says, Dear Shepherd, I'm writing concerning that great little piece of music, the William Tell Overture, which some people think is, but which is actually the Hammond High Fight song. I really enjoy listening to it. But usually when you play it, you only play a little bit of it. Why don't you play the entire thing uninterrupted once in a while? I am crazy about it, and I would like to hear it. Do it soon, quick, because I've got to hear this thing. He says, I can't stop. Why, the only things that are really important to me in life are, in this order, numerically, listening to you, drinking, eating, and going to the John, in order of importance. So take me seriously. P.S. I am not a little old lady. I'm a snotty little 12-year-old kid who thinks he knows everything. <laughs> All I do is read the letters. I don't write them. I don't make up the news, ladies. He is a snotty little 12-year-old kid. The reason we don't play this whole thing is it's four and a half hours long. And all the movements sound just like this one. And that's what happens when you get your foot stuck in the mattress. Now listen, uh, I, uh, should we talk seriously now, friend? Seriously. Well, what? About dial a sex question or something. I'm really serious. Well, yes, oh, yes, we're living in serious times. You want to... I've been the. Oh, you want to salute Abby Hoffman again in his white Eldorado? You want huh? <laughs> Well, you know old Barnum, you know. You remember old P.T.? P.T. What did P.T. stand for? P.T. Barnum. Everybody knows the first name is uh, Phil. But what was his middle name? Remember Barnum? Barnum said one is born every minute. One dildoc is born every minute. Okay. Well, of course, uh, Barnum was wrong, as they so often were back in those days. If you notice that our generation, you know, our time, we're always right about stuff. Anyway, uh, he was wrong, as they so often were. Well, actually, that was before the population explosion. He underestimated vastly. I'd say there's probably 42.9 born every five milliseconds today. Yeah, there's always an Abby Hoffman ready to give them what they want. Already. <laughs> now, look, I'm not a right-wing nut just because I'm not at all famous. You just don't know. You just don't know. Buzz me, Miss Brown. Buzz me. Oh, there goes that knee again. Oh, I don't know what's happened. I don't know. It must be the smog. Yes, sir. 
I saw some uh, some uh, graffiti at Twenty Third Street. It says Jerry Kretschmer's a health nut. <laughs> well, old Jerry, I know Jerry from way back. I knew Jerry when he he used to make more smog than he did away with. That's all right. It's a different kinds of. Hey, we got a note here. Uh, no, we better not. Uh, it's getting a little uh, a little late in the uh, time. I, you know, speaking of uh, of notes, I sitting there the other night, see, and uh, I'm uh, I'm just contemplating my navel as you so often do these days. I I do. I like to do that. Ever tell you about the guy out in Euclid, Ohio? Speaking of navels. Hear about that? I, I think I saluted him once uh, before. I, I, there's a man I'd like to meet because guy out in Euclid, Ohio, 72, just finally finished. He completely filled a pillow, uh, a Muslim pillow shaped in the form of a heart with, uh, with a fuzz that he took out of his belly button that he'd been saving ever since he was 12. Now, I didn't invent that. He says he's going to leave it to some museum of one of his well-meaning relatives. And I, I don't admit that. Of course, there's also a guy four or five miles down the road in Conchahokan who has a 17-foot diameter ball of string that he's been saving. Figures, you know, he's got the biggest one in the, you know, in the world. And, uh, you know, not maybe say that. Now, uh, if, you, if you don't mind, I, I'm going to bring up something quite unpleasant, uh, speaking seriously. Uh, Herb in there asked me to speak seriously for a while. Didn't you, Herb? Speak seriously? Oh, he's out there calling his shop steward. That's too late now. I mean, it's done hit the fan, friends. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> uh, we, we'd, uh, we have a note here. That I think it's time, though, for us to be serious. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we did a little essay on, um, on the cockroach. Did you hear that one? It was very serious, see? And, uh, and, and we are now going to advance your education again somewhat. Would you like to know about spiders? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about the Black Widow? Well, the uh, Milwaukee Journal has been conducting a uh, serious, uh, in-depth study of uh, Black Widow spiders. And if you ever lived out in Milwaukee, you'd understand why they do this. But nevertheless, they're conducting a series on the Black Widow spider, and she has 50,000 relatives, according to their note. That's how many species of spiders there are in the world. And some of them spiders develop a leg span of 10 inches. Oh, man. That ain't a spider. That's a lobster. You're going to serve that little bippy with, uh, you know, with clam sauce. Dip it in butter or something. But uh, nevertheless, uh, do you know that some spiders have been found 30,000 feet in the air? Not there where the jet planes fly? Female spiders are usually much larger than their spouses. Now, I'm telling you this so that in case you're sitting down at the chock full of nuts someday, and time is hanging heavy on your hand, you know, and you've had your second brownie, and, and the guy behind you who's waiting for your seat keeps nudging you in the kidney, and, and uh, you know, you've got nothing to talk about. You turn to this chick next to you and says, do you know that female spiders are usually much larger than their spouses, which is why so many ladies are getting so tall these days. One tropical type, for example, being 1,300 times the size of the spider. That reminds me of that used car ad that comes on every night on the late TV. You know, the one that says, uh, why do you keep bringing in these terrible used cars? And she kicks it and the wood flies off. You know that one? What's her name? Now, I want to find out whether or not you're serious. What's her name? You know, in the used car spots that come on the late, late movie, late at night here in New York, 
and they've got this cartoon. It's a terrible cartoon. And, uh, and uh, he says to her, can I drive? And she says, no. You know that one? What's her name? And I ask you, if you think you really understand tri trivia, listen, trivia isn't talking about howdy doody. What's the matter with you? This is the real trivia. Howdy doody was a star. That's not trivia. It's real trivia. What's the name of the lady who kicks the guy's car in the used car spot late at night? And what's the name of the company? Don't look at me. You, you do know. All right, tell me what it is. What's the name of the company? We're getting this report here from our research department. Yes, madam. Yes. Well, what is it? Hello? Hello. Yes. That's right. It is the it is S.M. Rose. But what's the name of the lady? <laughs> what's his name? That's right. I can't kid you. You're one of them female spiders. They keep talking about you. You're at least 12,000 times bigger than me. And that uh, you want to hear more about this? This commented one student of spiders is as if a six-foot man weighing 196 pounds. Now, this is the way a spider's life is. If you think you've got a bad scene, listen to this, friends. This, since uh, one generation of spiders, the female is 1,300 times the size of the male. This is as if a six-foot man weighing 196 pounds married a 90-ton woman 80 feet tall. Well, that reminds me of my friend George Stryker in Cincinnati who did exactly that. And boy, he lived to rue today. Well, he didn't actually live to rue today. She carried him around on her shoulder like a monkey. People used to feed him. Many female spiders are notorious for devouring their husbands after mating. Well, it's, what do you think Albie's about? What do you think... Uh, <laughs> what do you think Tennessee was? <laughs> One of these is appropriately named the Black Widow. The female, sometimes the size of a nickel, is black except for a tasty hourglass design in red or yellow on the underside. The male, less than half as big as the female, has bands of red, orange, or yellow and has a distinctly nervous look. Spider romance, Black Widow style, is described in an entertaining new book, Animals Nobody Loves, by Ronald Rood, published by the Stephen Green Press. Well, I can think of a few animals nobody loves. Uh, hey, good morning. How are you, Walt? All right. That's uh, it's all right. Now, you want to hear more about my friend George Stryker in Cincinnati that married the 80, 80 foot high woman that weighed uh, that weighed over ninety tons? Well, I'll tell you, uh, it was funny how that happened, how it came about. I I was there when all this madness took place, and if you think I'm not being relevant, friends, you don't know how relevant that was to poor George. But uh, six or seven months after George got married. She used to carry him around on, on her shoulder. And she had a little gold chain, see, and, and uh, once in a while George would hop down and hide under the coffee tables and stuff like that. But uh, he, uh, he, he, he did pretty well because, after all, all men, in a way, are looking for security. And when you've got a 90-ton woman next to you, you've got security. Either that or you've got more troubles, man, than a, than, a, than a guy with bad teeth trying to eat Cracker Jack. I want to tell you. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, uh, I uh, of course I'm an old Cracker Jack fan. You know, the more you, I I had the Cracker Jack monkey on my back for oh five six seven eight nine years before I. But I'm a member of uh, Cracker Jacks Anonymous. You've seen their their slogan: "The more you eat, the more you want." That's true. I'm kidding. You, you, this stuff can get you. You've probably had it one time or another, Walt. You've got to be careful. Listen, I know one person who ate 
seven boxes of screaming yellow zonkers in a row and could not stop. They finally took her off to Bellevue screaming. They squirted her with a fire extinguisher and finally got her to stop. But it's terrible. I mean, that's kind of stuff. And so uh, I, I uh, at the age of uh, eight or nine, I remember it happened outside the Warren G. Harding School. So I can, I can sympathize with the... Uh, with guys that got the heroin monkey on their back, I'm standing around there by the rings. You know, we had these things, rings, that the in the uh, in the playground there with people hanging on the rings and swing back and forth. I'll never forget the time Doppler got a hernia, swinging back and forth at the age of nine. You could hear it for a block. You know, he swung back and forth, sounded like a clock spring, a boing like that. It was a wild scene. But uh, well, you know, at that time we just thought he made a funny sound because he was always making funny sounds of all kinds. And, uh, yeah, he could crack his knuckles and stuff. So that that uh, that was the kind of place it was. And I'm standing there by the swings when all of a sudden this guy Farkas comes over. Now, uh, every kid knows in his life uh, a bully or two. I mean, there's hardly a kid out there or an ex-kid or, you know, a male. I don't know whether girls have this, but certainly men do, who has not felt the crunch of knuckles under the eye <laughs> propelled with fantastic accuracy and great malevolence by somebody named Farkas, right? Who is, you know, and uh, just because you're there, you know, what are you looking at? And he said, well, nothing, Farkas. He said, well, yeah! And, you know, pow, the next thing you know, you're in the stickers on your back. Well, all right, so Farkas was our resident bully, see? Farkas and Grover Dill was his toady. So, um, oh, yeah, and then the entire, the entire Miss Robinette's fourth grade was in their thrall. It was his, you know, his stomping turf. And so, uh, one day, I, yeah, and one day I'm standing next to the next to the rings back there in the uh, playground. When, all, when along comes Farkas, see? Well, now whenever Farkas talked to you in a civil tone, that was taken as a great compliment. I mean, yeah, that's right. If if there's a tyrant in your if Bullard, now take Bullard for example. If you work for a guy named C. G. Bullard, for example, we got a we got a tyrant here at W. R. A real tyrant boss, see. There's one of them. I won't tell you which one. There's dozens of different varieties. But let's take one, for example, who has not been known to say anything civil to anybody since the time his grandmother got caught in the washing machine, and he really laughed that time. But that was something else. Well, anyway, this guy walks up and down, see, in the hall, and you say, oh, hello there. And you go, ma, well, that's pretty good that day, see, because he noticed you were there, see. So many times you'll say, oh, oh, just look at you, see. He look at you like a hooded cobra, and in the worst days is when he doesn't. He walks right through you. I've seen him walk right through four guys like they were completely, uh, you know, like they were invisible. I can't imagine they walk right through. Well, once in a great while, when he looks right in the eye, says, "How are you?" How are you? That's a fantastic feeling. You think that God has smiled. See, so being a tyrant has its, uh, has its, uh, you know, it has its, uh, its uh, compensation. See. And so, nevertheless, this is the way Farkas was. See, Farkas, uh, the only time I ever talked to Farkas was when he would say stuff like, uh, What are you looking at, you? Or, uh, Knock it off, you! Or, Who do you think you are? And then he gives you a shot below the belt, you know, with his tennis shoes, you know, real crack in the ear, see? So this day, Farkas comes up to me and he says, uh, Hey. I said, Yeah? I figure, Oh, boy, now this is it again, you know. Oh, he's going to disembowel me now, right in front of, you know, Esther Jane and all of them, see? He says, Hey, kid. And he has me this box with this sailor on it. I said, what is this? He said, try it. Five minutes later, I have knocked down my first box of Cracker Jack. 
Little did I know that Farkas was a pusher. He was a pusher for George's candy store. Once you start on that stuff, friends, forget it. Every available nickel that I could get, I, 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 could, I could steal, borrow, beg, that I could, you know, just somehow grovel out of the earth. I'd rush out of the George's and buy another box of Cracker Jack. And I, 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 I just couldn't stop. This, and it got to such a point where I would sit in geography class, and I would, I would think of Cracker Jack, you know? And I would think of that sailor, and I would think of the prize. The prize! And those, those peanuts. Any Cracker Jack cuckoo knows the taste of those Cracker Jack peanuts. You know those peanuts that are at the bottom of the box? The ones with that stuff on it? This is like the elixir at the end of the trail that leads into the Garden of Eden. Well, this went on six, seven years, and I began to get those shiftless attitudes that addicts of all kinds get. I began to let my hair go, and my clothing was getting rotten. At the, my, my second base game was going downhill because I never could concentrate, and I was, I was slipping into a life of sin. And then one day, I'll never forget it. It was the day that me and Schwartz and Flick and Bruner went at the Rudy's Tabernacle. Rudy the Barber had a tabernacle. And it was a hot summer night. And I had that, oh, let me tell you, I had that Cracker Jack monkey on my back like I couldn't stop. I'd knocked out four or five boxes that day alone. By the way, I had, at that time, Cracker Jack cost a nickel a box. I had a 35-cent-a-day monkey on my back. And when your weekly income, legitimate, is 20 cents a week, you are working against time, friends. When I'm sitting in the tabernacle with the heat and the sawdust, and all of a sudden, Rudy, with his face red and fiery, looks down, he says, I know, I know that some of you know that you're sinners. I know that you know it, and I know that God knows it. I want you to come forward and confess your sin. Sitting there, wallowing in guilt, well, before I knew what happened, I got up and I walked forward, and I'm down on my knees. Schwartz is down on his knees confessing to stuff he never heard of before. And it was only through that that I was able to break that monkey. Since that time, of course, I've taken the lecturing all over the country to other Cracker Jack addicts. We've formed Cracker Jacks Anonymous, and we call each other up on the phone late at night, and we can taste the, 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 the fugitive taste of screaming yeller zonkers on your tongue guy comes to the phone he calls me up and I say get down on your knees and pray with God at this time right now with God right now at 3 o'clock in the morning ask for a box of screaming yellow zonkers ask yourself this and pray with me get down on your knees yeah, the more you eat friends the more you want it's just a, it's like life itself the more you live the more you want to live there ain't no turning back no turning back hey! 